This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hello and welcome to this week's Record Celtic podcast. My name is Daniel Caw and in this week's show I'm joined by Graham Young and Liam Bryce. We take a look back at a hectic and packed night at Easter Road for Celtic. Upturn and Ange Postacoglu's side's form and the impact that Joe Hart is having on the side. Guys, how are you? Good, mate. Good, mate. Thanks. All good to you, Danny. All good to you. That was a bit of a, a muted response, guys. Much Friday. Let's 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 leave it. Much Friday, Danny. That's all. That's <laughs> I should say for everyone watching, get involved in the comment section below. Um, like and share, and we'll try our best to get back to, to any of your questions. Um, throughout and later on. Um, right, guys, I think the best place for us to start is um, Easter Road and Celtic's win over Hibs on Wednesday night. It was a fixture that just three or four weeks ago would have looked like a potential banana skin for Ange Postacoglu and his men, but I'll maybe start with you, Graham. I, I thought they, whilst they were 3-0 up, it could have been 4-5 or 6 easily at half-time. Yeah, definitely, isn't it? I think it felt like that kind of game where, for a while, it was um, it been very much um, a work in progress with Celtic after the Aberdeen game, uh, the Motherwell game. They were very compact, were able to two 0 Fern Farrell's two 0 obviously a few moments of magic. But I think that base, that solid base, has now got in the team. Uh, there was a confidence at the turn that the kind of thrills that they were able to provide in the six 0 win. So I think Ange Postecoglou is getting the best of both worlds now, where. Um, he, he's finding a side and he made the point before the game about the defensive record um, so there's a confidence now Starfelt in particular um, he's a guy who obviously maybe much maligned at the start of the season but when you really to, to do the guy fair service it was a really hard position he was put in but he is a defender so he spoke himself about learning how to pass out for the back but now you're seeing all McCarter Vickers the two of them are really solid and that's allowing the kind of five players at the top end of the pitch to do their stuff. And um, Rogic, out with injury, um, he's had maybe 10, 12 games of that kind of calibre in his Celtic career, and that was one of them where he just looks a different level for the players. Obviously, there's a lot of good players in Celtic's team, but he just stands out. Uh, Kyogo, um, I wouldn't say he'd been subdued, but it hadn't been that same level, kind of, just quite that same level as when he came in. Um, in recent games, he was still playing well, but his movement was just exceptional. Then yeah, Turnbull was very good. His set plays were perfect. I think it was just a perfect storm for Celtic, where Hibs were a team lacking confidence um, in recent results. And I think they needed Hibs needed the game to go their way early, but Celtic such confidence. The movement's a big thing for Celtic as well, where you talk about Ange Ball or the way he plays. Um, I'm not, he's not reinventing the wheel, but his philosophy is built on players moving positions and moving the whole position around and it was just Celtic at their best so everything that Celtic had done well up until this point it all came together uh, the other night and I think Postecoglou reflected that post-match by admitting uh, the first half was the best football that they've played since he's been in charge. I, th- I think William that, um, that Graham touches on a really important point that not only is the flowing football going forward 
first class at the minute from Celtic. But it's the back line that I've been more impressed with. Starfield's come on to a game. Carter Vickers is a no-nonsense defender. Got his goal, obviously, the other night too, which doesn't help. But two words I want to throw at you, Liam. Joe Hart. Got Joe Hart the other night, pulled off two crucial saves. One at 1-0 and one at 3-1. Both of which I would suggest that maybe even earlier this season, Celtic would have conceded and potentially crumbled under Yeah, I think um, the the save from Joe Newell in particular was was a big moment because I think it was, it was only 1-0 at that point and then you know shortly after Celtic went up the other end and scored again so it's a it changes it changes the, the complexion of the game completely because it you know it brings the crowd on side for Hibs it gives them you know as Graham touched on they were a side lacking confidence um and then that that would have given them that that wee injection that they would have needed so it's a huge save from Joe Hart um, and then obviously the one in the second half from Jamie Murphy because you know Hibs I think Hibs did come back into it um, a bit they they settled. Um, I think the first the first thirty minutes had a bit of a, had a bit of a Man United against Liverpool feel about it. It could have been anything at that point. Um, but obviously getting the goal, Martin Boyle settled them and brought them back in. So Celtic, you know, is having Joe Hart there is that a kind of reliable presence um, because teams aren't going to get chances. You know, I think um, it's been clear with Celtic over the past few weeks that there is a greater level of control. In their game now, um, they're, they're they're managing these games much better. There's kind of less like, I think Callum McGregor used the terms himself. It's been less like a game of basketball. But I mean, if you're you're playing this, you know, high octane attacking style, you know, a lot of players getting forward. You are going to it's just part and parcel. You are going to concede chances. Um, so to have somebody like Joe Hart there now, um, somebody that Celtic can rely on and go after. You know, um, the the jersey just rotating. Uh, all throughout last season, it makes a huge difference. And the one from Murphy in particular, because then that's that'd be three two at that point, and then it's you're set up for a grandstand finish. But he keeps it out, and Celtic, you know, they manage the game out to a conclusion. So yeah, I don't think you can um, you can overstate the importance of the the impact that Joe Hart's made. Because obviously, not everybody was convinced when he came in. His career has kind of drifted since he left Manchester City. But I think it's a, it seems it's like a scenario you've seen over and over. Um, players who just need a change, who need something different. Somebody to put a bit of faith in them as well, which Postacoglu's obviously done with Joe Hart. Um, you know, I think the whole the whole thing at Man City started because it was you know it was quite well publicised that, that Pep Guardiola didn't fancy Joe Hart to do the things that he wanted his goalkeeper to do. And no matter how you know big a name you are, that's going to that's going to sting a wee bit. Um, and it's kind of, I wouldn't say things spiralled for Joe Hart after that, but as I said, they sort of drifted, and he seems to have found himself again. And he's he's really really important for this for this Celtic team as as those those two saves demonstrated. I may uh, I may get a bit of stick for this, Graham, um, even from you, even from you maybe. So uh, so bear with me. But do you think that maybe Joe Hart, as the season goes on? could reach kind of Fraser Forster levels for Celtic of influence. You know, I'm thinking match-winning games. I'm thinking about the cup final, that you know, the, the Fraser Forster cup final from a couple of seasons ago. After all, he was the guy that was keeping Fraser Forster out of the England team a couple of seasons ago. Uh, I would go along with that because I think maybe the argument about Hart sometimes is, is, is almost just it's what he's bringing in the kind of 
X-Factor element. He's a great guy and he's a great teammate. But some of the saves have just been incredible this season. Um, I go back to the Altmar game at 0-0. Celtic were on a good run then and he made that save onto the post. Uh, and Celtic probably aren't as solid as they are now. Um, he's just had moments where, as much as he, he can tell he's all in, he's, the second cap, he's already had the armband as well. He brings such a leader, like proper... You can talk about signings and um, you can watch scout players, but sometimes it's just what they bring in terms of their leadership and qualities. But it's the actual ability, he's still got it. That That's, I think, the thing that's probably surprising everyone because the, the write-up in Joe Hart was, wasn't playing at West Ham. Torino, he struggled. Might remember the stuff about he couldn't dive to his left and stuff like that. Like, this doesn't look like a keeper that's got a, a kind of malfunction like that. He's playing one of the best keepers. And obviously Rangers... Um, I've been blessed with Al McGregor, one of the best keepers in the league, and you can see last night how important that was to them. The season before, Fraser Foster, um, as you pointed out, that cup final, that's, he might not have a game. There's very few keepers, even though they're night, Fraser Foster, uh, in a game against Chelsea that was maybe pretty similar, where he just, he's, he seems to have this special ability to just go, oh, kind of, well, almost like cheat codes and can save everything, where uh, <laughs> it might not be a game like that, but um, Hart definitely, I think, can... As much as what he's bringing in terms of leadership and organisation, there will be games and proved the other night, as Liam pointed out, a couple of really big saves. Um, that's his ability. It's not just uh, the one thing. He's bringing a bit of everything. So um, I, I, I don't think they're far wrong with that. I think Celtic, they're always going to give up chances the way they play. As much as we're talking about Starfield's improved and when you're bombing on and players are committing, that's the way Celtic want to play under their manager. Um, so Hart's always going to be so important. but um, And he will be tested. That's the thing. And he's, so far he's proved... Uh, more than capable of what's been asked of him uh, since he joined Celtic. One one guy that you touched upon, Liam, a bit, a bit earlier on was um, was Callum McGregor, and obviously he was involved at one point in a, a pretty nasty um, tackle with, or sorry, on the receiving end of a pretty nasty tackle from from Ryan Porteous. Porteous did get a yellow card, but to me, looked like a red card all day long. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, would you think Liam should have these marching orders for it? I think it was borderline. Um, to be honest, he's he is, is a bit lucky in the sense that I don't think McGregor McGregor didn't make a lot of it, um, which can sometimes you know influence how how these things are seen. And it was I think it was the attention was maybe drawn a bit more to it when that picture came out of the you know the the wound on McGregor's shin, which was pretty it's a wee bit gruesome. Mm. Um, but I, it was just it was reckless. To be honest, I think you know it's one of those ones where he's, he's there's, there seems to be a bit of intent to as you know go for the ball, but he wants to take a bit of the man as well, and it's it's something that you you know you you rarely get away with now. Um, so I mean, it was a clear cut red card. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it was. I think if you know if 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 he'd, be, if he'd been sent off, you know there would have been no you know huge outcry about it, especially when you saw the mark that was left on McGregor afterwards. The the kind of um... The kind of perk of presenting these wee things, Graham, is that I don't I don't normally need to get to to you know to put myself out there and get stick. But on this occasion, I will say I did think it was a red card. Like I really like Liam Port- uh, I like Ryan Portis as a as a really good player. I think he could play for Scotland. I like his no nonsense kind of attitude. But I thought over the, the other night he went way over the score and could have done some real damage to McGregor. Yeah, and the point is that maybe the, the theory after the, the Joe Arriba one that he's a targeted man, there's maybe even a case that because it was Ryan Porteous that he might not get the red because it's like he's been in so many high-profile incidents and because Liam points out there wasn't this, because it was such a condensed bit of space, it's like on the edge of the box, 
it's actually quite remarkable he manages to get over the ball. That's the worry. Like, whatever you think, he seems like a, a really nice guy. Like, when he speaks, he speaks really well and he's uh, about football and you can tell he's very enthusiastic. But at the end of the day, one of the most dangerous things is going over the top of the ball. And that's mm. a lot he's talking That's where the issues have been for a number of years. And you can be as committed and dedicated, but. And that's the thing is when you're talking about a peer as well, can we get a guy who'd be part of the Scotland squad? I don't think it differentiates who you're on the tackle, but at the same time, that's just professional players won't like that. That's just you'll be that's what you're trying to avoid in the game. Everyone wants to be committed, winning the ball. Uh, and there's loads of players that are able to marry both, you know, and being committed and um, getting stuck in. But I think he's just right now, even if it's just a case of just standing up, you know, for a couple of games and like, just make sure he avoids these because very soon it will just become uh, getting a bit out of control. But I, I think I, I probably head close to what Liam's saying on that particular. I know what you're saying. I think if it was a red card, nobody could complain. But and obviously the the subsequent picture, uh, the picture that came out after it, it doesn't make it look too smart, but perhaps that was one where um, it was maybe maybe the right right decision on this time. Fair enough, I, I will bow down to your superior knowledge. I'm heading towards red card. I must. I still am. I'm as well. Warren, is it? Don't try and back, backtrack now. Listen, <laughs> the um, the other guy that we really need to talk to talk about in a Celtic um, context. Um, is Anthony Ralston, because if you'd said, even this time six months ago, that one of Celtic's kind of first names in the team sheet, crucial players, crucial in Angie's system, that sort of inverted um, fullback sort of thing that's going on, and scoring goals now, another important goal the other night, I wouldn't have believed it. I'm, I'm sure you guys are honest enough to say you wouldn't have believed it, but Liam, he's now in contract talks, we believe, with Celtic. His deal's up at the end of the season. I think it's safe to say that he definitely deserves another deal. I know it's only yeah. but yeah, I think so. I don't think anybody can can really dispute that now. Um, and as you said, they've probably been quite unthinkable not so long ago because I mean, you're only going back to earlier this year when he was, you know, he was not getting in the team over John Joe Kenny, who came in from Everton and is probably, you know, one of the poorest um, you know signings in terms of how he showed up at Celtic have had even in that, you know. Particularly bad season. Um, so to come back in the way the way he has done um, is, is is a real real testament to his you know his character. And he's obviously I mean it's it's not just um, I think you know in the kind of maybe when he came back into the team he was playing well like but, and people maybe thought he's he was maybe for this period of time it's almost is he playing above his level a wee bit is he just a you know like a real purple patch but he's. He's, he's shown, you know, that he has got a bit about him now, um, that only ever really seen in flashes before. Um, so, and I think, uh, you know, to, to pick up the, the goals that he has as well, he just looks like a guy who has decided, you know, this is my chance now and nobody's going to take this away from me, which is, you know, as I said, is a real testament to him. Um, he seems to be getting a bit more comfortable, I think, with the, the inverted fullback um, role. You know, I think maybe... What's telling there is that we're not don't seem to be talking about it as much. I think in the the early the early weeks of the season, you know, there was a there was a bit of you know people were kind of questioning it. Well, are the are the players that Ange has are they good enough to to now be doing this? But I think he's shown at least at a domestic level that he's becoming more comfortable with it. I think he popped up in the left wing at some point at Easter Road the other night as well. Um, I remember 
so I, I think he's, he's uh, over these past few months, he's he's definitely shown that um, that he deserves that he deserves that new contract. I think you've got to give him a lot of credit for that because he was written off. Was I don't think that's an exaggeration to say that he was he was completely written off by a lot of people. Right. Um, and there's not there's 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 not a lot of players that I think we were we were kind of talking about this for a wee bit yesterday. You know, you can't remember how many players at Celtic down the years. Graham might he's got a encyclopedic knowledge that I don't possess. Um, but I can't remember any players who have been you know have come from so far back at Celtic, if if that makes sense, to now be so important in the team. Um, you know, they obviously spent a, f- a few quid on Juranovic, um, who looks like a good player as well, but he's not getting anywhere near that right back position at the moment. And again, that's credit to Anthony Ralston. That's that's a good question. I don't, know, I don't want to put you in the spot, Graham, but is there anyone that you can? I can't think of anyone who's got so, got so far out of the picture. I got one. You uh, got one? Go for it. Bobby Petter. Bobby Petter's in the John Bad season was nowhere. Um, good show. It's a good show. He was, you know, he looked, he looked uh, capable of playing for Celtic. And then uh, Martin O'Neill got perfect role for him as well in a three-five-two. There you go. And then he uh, not that hard to, to be fair. He did well, but all, he just ping balls in for Henry Larson. I think he'd all <laughs> go at that because uh, Ryan has choked as well. But I think the point about Alston I would make is uh, he's like the anti-John Joe Kenny. John Joe Kenny's biggest issue. He was, he, he didn't play well at all, but he was so safe. Everything about Celtic last season it was very like not taking risks and sit. Ralston, that's his biggest credit is the fact that he's always he's trying there's loads of times there'll be a few crosses a game that go into the stand or he'll to, take too heavy a touch or, but that's just him that's what he's about like he's so the good outweighs the bad um and like the the biggest issue Ralston had as well is it the Neymar incident you know and that probably like it was it was a good wee moment but you know you're not going to be defined as Celtic as squaring up to world class players when you're five nil down. It's about much more than that. It never quite happened in terms of obviously Lustig was there. There was other right back alternatives. Uh, and himself the big worry for Celtic when you looked at the rebuild in the summer, there's a hundred unanswered questions. And the fact that Tony Ralston was the only option at right back, if it turned out that there was a, a new right back and Tony Ralston was a backup, but this pressure a, a young player who'd never maybe proved himself he's just managed it really well. Juranovic works because I don't think he's a, an amazing left-back. I think he'd be a very good right-back because he's probably dulled about himself. His really good cross, and I think that's one of his biggest uh, attributes, but on the wrong side. But he's, he's covering well at left-back. Celtic have got, between Greg Taylor, who's obviously not back yet, you've got Scales, who seems more like a left-sided of a free, and then you've got Montgomery, who uh, has maybe someone else in a young player who maybe just in a bit too early. Um, but I think that's the kind of right mix now. There'll probably be, you'd imagine that left back would still be a, a, a kind of to do list option when the January window opens. But for Ralston, I think it'd be a no brainer. Every squad needs players. Like that's how you, in salary cap sports in American football, they talk about finding players like a Tony Ralston who fill, he's not going to break the bank, but that's why you're able to get other players. So if you can get a guy who loves the club, knows what the club's all about, like it just he, he wants to be there, he's thriving under the manager, it's an absolute no-brainer. Sometimes I think the Scotland squad argument, when he a couple of good games, you can understand that's a bit more reactionary, where it's just maybe let's do it over a season, but for a contract, it makes absolute sense for Celtic to uh, tie him up in a long-term deal. It's so funny you say you make that comparison, Graham, because I was reading uh, something the other day, and it was about how Real Madrid's Galacticos model was that, it was by... Zidane yeah. for 50 million, but have Raul Pavon for like five grand a week who just wanted to be there. 
and was happy to be there and was a Real Madrid fan, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Ralston's been incredible and I'm, I'm really happy for him because, as we've said, he was absolutely nowhere and, and I'm glad to see he's, he's making a, a contribution. Um, to finally uh, kind of round up on Celtic, have is this Celtic now finally clicked into gear? There's going to be ups and downs, obviously, but is this as now seeing kind of Angeball, if you like, or the new kind of revolution in full swing? Or is it another kind of, oh, I hate this expression, but another kind of false dawn? Because we saw at the start of the season, Celtic went out and, you know, hammered a couple of teams, 5-6-0. I think it was four weeks in a row they did that. I think Dundee, St Mirren at home, teams like that. I get the feeling there's a bit more substance behind it now. I get the feeling that they're here for the long haul and that this really is a, a title fight now, Liam. Yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would agree. It's not, I don't think it's a... Uh, a false dawn or anything like that and in terms of you know the the style of play I think you, you've seen um, what Ange was trying to do from, from day one but what I think you're, you're, you're seeing now is it's, it's just it's becoming a bit more refined I think um, there was an element of uh, there was an element of chaos about it at times um, because it was I mean it was a completely new way of playing you know they brought in this the inverted fullback rules, um, which was, you know, it was, it was uh, a bit of adjustment for the guys playing in that positions. It was a completely new central defence, new goalkeeper. Um, you know, you get like Sakugo coming in as as well. Just new players all over the pitch. It was guys learning how to play in a new system. And I think what you're seeing now is it's becoming a bit more refined. Um, I keep I keep coming back to it, but I think you know, and the important thing is now you, you're seeing there's a lot more control in these performances, um, especially uh, I think Easter Road the other night was a great example of Celtic running riot for thirty minutes, um, 30, thirty or so minutes, and then you know the game changed a wee bit in the second half because you know Tom Rogic came off, um, Neil Beaton came on, and Callum McGregor moved up the pitch a wee bit. And so it changed them that, you know, I think they were all that intensity, the way they played for the first set of minutes, you kind of keep that up over 90, but I think the game sort of naturally slowed down with near beat on. He's not as quite a dynamic um, number six in the way that Cal McGregor is in that role. Um, but so it Hibs did get a bit more of a foothold in the game, but I don't think at any, I know they had a couple of chances, you know, to have made a couple of saves, but I don't think there was any point that you felt that Celtic were going to throw that away. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that they were always largely, by and large, still in control of the game, um, which is what they kind of they need they needed to add. You know, there needs to be um, if you're going to be a, a successful team, you know, you can't win every game. You know, there's kind of be three, three, two, four, three, four, two, because you know you'll burn out. I think the the way they were playing at times um, a wee bit at the start of the season, it was you know it was just hell for leather over 90 minutes, but you need to be able to control and manage games as well. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing now. Uh, I mean, there's still a, a fair a fair way to go. You know, I think Celtic are still at a stage where a couple of injuries in the wrong positions could could cause a bit of bother. Um, you know, as we saw when when Kyogo was out for a few games, how you know, you just think about how much he adds to the team, how crucial he is to it. Uh, so I think there'll be, there'll be more bumps along the way, but I think the... The, the success so far for for Postecoglou is that I think the vast vast majority of the support have bought into what he's doing, and the va- and all the players seem to have really bought into it as well. Um, you know, there's been a lot of I think over the past couple of weeks, Aberdeen really came under 
focus and you know I, Dave Cormack obviously went on the radio and he done his, his interviews you know it's a rebuild it's uh, it needs time to work you know it's it's a long-term project and I think you know there's obviously you know it's valid because that is what it is it's a, it's a long-term project but I think where it's differed at times is I think fans they're a lot more inclined to you know, to buy in if they can see what it is that the, the new manager or the new players or whatever it is they're trying to do that they can see that there's a there's an end game coming down the track that there's that there is something building and obviously Aberdeen seem to have turned it around a bit in the past couple of games um so I think you know it's in terms of rebuilds you, you need to be able to see what the what the end product is going to be and I think you can certainly see that with with Ange and what he's doing and I think it, you know there will be bumps in the road along the way as I said and you know you might not everything might go Celtic's way this season but I think he's he's, he's shown that whatever it is he's trying to do is, is certainly worth sticking with um so I, I think this this run of games maybe starting with the Aberdeen game I think that might be looked back on as a really important result as to you know Celtic they turned a bit of a corner yeah. in terms of, you know they're learning the system um, they're adjusting to this way of play, but they're also capable of just grinding out results on top of that as well. So I think this wee period might be looked on, and I don't know, maybe at the end of the season, that is quite important. We should look at this, this weekend's games as well, which um, obviously Celtic are at home to Livingston tomorrow. I'm going to put you in the spot a bit here, guys. I'll maybe start with you, Graham. What's, what's your prediction for that one? Um, I think Celtic will win, and I think that helped as well with the fact that. Livingston had a really tough night against Dundee United, um, playing down a man as well. So that's hard going for that Wednesday, Saturday. Um, it's quite a quick turnaround. And obviously there's a slight bit of revenge, obviously. I think Celtic were a pay limitation of the person the team they are now. That's um, going into this game. So I, I, I imagine, say, I don't think it'll be like the 6-0. I think it might be one more controlled again. They've got a big game against Ferns Farrow's coming. I'll say 3-0 Celtic. Liam, thoughts? Yeah, I would agree. Maybe two or three now. Celtic. Uh, I think that you know the, the momentum is with them. <laughs> Made hard work of that there. Uh, the momentum is definitely with them. Um, and as Graham says, Livingston had a you know had a tough one, but I know pushovers. Livingston they never they really, very rarely are. Um, so I think you might see a great a game that pans out maybe similar to the St Johnston game where Celtic they do enough and they, they do enough to get the to get the job done. Thanks very much for listening. We will be back next week with another Record Celtic podcast. Hope you can join us then. Cheers.